patience, everyone. Hello, this is NXT Talk, the show where we talk, well, NXT, believe it or not. We are your hosts. I am Boris, and I'm joined by Matthew. Bonjour. How's everybody doing? I want to thank Jason Agnew for the opportunity, and uh, excited to talk NXT. That's right. On this show, we're going to be talking all things NXT. We're going to be talking wrestling. We're going to be talking NXT specifically. It's going to be a great time. Um, AEW has their old fucks on the Sunday night's main event network. We are the Young Guns. That's right. The Young Guns are going to be talking about all things NXT every week, hopefully. And this week, we were given the awesome opportunity to chat Halloween Havoc. I think, uh, personally, this was the first time in a long time having watched AEW and NXT that I can safely say NXT was better. Holy! Wow, look at that. And I think, what a show it was, to say the least. So we're going to be running through all of that. We're going to be introducing ourselves, obviously. We're going to have some good chat. And one of the discussions we're going to have, we're going to have a quick discussion on ratings and why people need to, you know, be a little more tranquilo when it comes to the ratings. We're also going to be talking about an obvious omission in Survivor Series. That's right, no NXT in Survivor Series, so later on in the show, we're going to kind of give our thoughts, and I'm going to say why it's actually a good and smart decision. Who would have thought WWE making a good and smart decision for once? (laughs) Hot takes coming at you on talk NXT. (laughs) That's right, NXT talk, next talk. Whatever you want to call it, the Young Guns are here. So I think before we talk about the actual show, because this is the first debut episode of hopefully many episodes, I like to sort of introduce ourselves. So, Matthew, you can get us started. Well, thank you, Boris. Uh, So my name is Matthew Edder. I uh, am a writer and was sort of an open mic-ish comedian before uh, COVID ended the world. So... Now I'm uh, making YouTube videos for the website Operation Sports, top five videos about uh, video games, usually retro games. Quite a prestigious title on the internet. I think I'm the only person doing it. No, but, uh, you know, just uh, hanging in there like we all are at this uh, time, adjusting with the new normal and uh, trying to figure out how to make our way in this here wrestling podcasting world. Right. So how long have you been watching wrestling? Let's get a little, let's get to know Matthew, the wrestler, the wrestler observer, (laughs) the IWC member. Pat McAfee would probably be pissed off at you right now, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. So tell us a little bit about the history in wrestling and how long you've been watching and whatnot. Well, so I'm I'm 33 years old at this time, and I have been watching wrestling since I was three, since 1990. I've seen a lot of – I was mostly a WWE fan, pretty much a WWE truther as a young lad during the uh, NWO years. I was sticking hard with Shawn Michaels and, uh, you know, Man Mountain Rock and such. <laughs> but uh, – yeah, I, I, I fell out with wrestling at a couple different occasions. In 2007, when Benoit happened, I stopped watching for a couple of years because, fuck, how could you not? Can we swear on this? Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. I think. Okay. <laughs> uh, also, I, I stopped watching like pretty recently because, again, fuck, how could you not? But AEW kind of got me back into wrestling. I don't love everything they do, but I do try to watch every week. I do like support the fact that they are creative and they're doing wrestling the way wrestling used to be in some form, just in that stories progress and such. So right now I'm kind of an AEW fanboy, uh, you could say, but I'm like I, I'm like a lifelong wrestling fan. And I'm, I'm like that nerd who is like written for websites and done star ratings and such. I might throw out some ratings during these podcasts, in fact. So be prepared for that, fans. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. Star ratings. They're so overdone. So on this show, we're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to do ratings of the week. We're going to, yeah, we're going to rate the matches, but we're going to have a little more fun with it. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So thanks, Matt. Question for you. I have a question for you, actually. Yes, absolutely. Did you ever participate in an EFED? 
I did briefly. I did do an E-Fed. Uh, it was when John Cena was first, first breaking out as like a rapper. And I did a little E-Fed rapper gimmick for like three weeks and then got bored with it. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, I love E-Feds. E-Feds, for, you know, so I was a part of, for those who don't know, an E-Fed is an E-Federation, an electronic federation, where essentially it's a message board, you create a character, you create a wrestler, and the booker would put you in a match with somebody, and the way that they determined the winner, typically speaking, was through promos, so you would type out your promos, and man, I was in E-Feds essentially from, I'd say, 99 to 2003, there were some E-Feds, I even started and ran in E-Fed for a little while, it was so much fun, um, but yeah, that you know, it, it was a great way to get the creative juices flowing, long story short, both you and I could probably write better than the main roster stuff. <laughs> At least better raps. Yes. <laughs> All right, thanks, Matt. So, for those of you who want to know more about me, I'm Boris Roberto Aguilar. I've been watching wrestling. Well, I'm 35, turning 35 in a couple weeks. I've been watching wrestling for about 32, 33 years. So, my initial memories of wrestling was the lead up to WrestleMania 5, those Saturday nights main event when Hogan and Savage were fighting over Elizabeth. Those are my initial memories in life between that and the Dodgers winning their last World Series in 1988 because I did live in L.A. Those are my original memories in life, and I'm so happy that the Dodgers won again. Uh, having said that, I've been watching wrestling on and off, just like Matthew. I've had my downturns with wrestling, basically... Around the ruthless aggression era after Cena really debuted, after a couple years after that, I kind of fell out of love with my first love wrestling. And the reason I came back to it was because my little nephew started watching wrestling again. Or he just started watching wrestling. He was curious. So we took him to some house shows and they got me back. Um, I'm the type of guy, I go to indie shows. Um, you know, if wrestling is on, I will watch it. Um, you know, uh, when I was growing up, my family would watch Triple A and whatever was on TLN. Or we would get whatever the Mexican channels and Univision just to watch wrestling. So, yeah. So, wrestling has been a huge part of my life. Um, I also do a lot of podcasting on the side. I have a show called the It's Canon Podcast. You should check it out. Um, shameless plug. Um, but, yeah. That's essentially me. You know, I, it's just, it's, I just love talking wrestling. I love talking to people. And the... The essence, the aura, the mantra of this show is essentially, yes, we're going to be reviewing NXT every week. Yes, we're going to be giving you some hot takes. But I also want to just chat wrestling with a good friend, Matt. Um, you know, and, 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 and I want it to kind of be like the good old days where you can talk about wrestling and not get into fights. So, internet wrestling community, we will not fight too much on this show. And I'm probably going to backtrack very quick as we talk about this show oh man remember indie wrestling oh <laughs> remember, man remember uh human interaction in a no. crowd of people matt you and i live in the same house we haven't seen each other in weeks <laughs> it's funny a lot <laughs> of that is because you're never you're never in the you're never in the apartment you're never in the basement every time i ask yo boris what's going on oh i'm at this i'm at that but, yeah yeah I do things. You're, you're a busy fellow, sir. I am I'm a busy a, guy. I'm more of a homebody, straight to work and back here for wrestling and, and you too. <laughs> awesome. Love it. All right. WWE NXT Halloween Havoc, live from the Capitol Wrestling Center in Winter Park, Florida. Matt, in the lead up to this show, were you excited? What were your expectations going into the show? I got to say, I was excited. I didn't have high expectations, if that makes sense. I was excited to see the set. I was excited to see what they were going to do with the concept. But I didn't necessarily think they were going to pull it off. I did not have any hopes at all for uh, Cameron Grimes versus Dexter Loomis. We'll, we'll get to that later. But I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I thought they did a great job with everything. And I, I think every match met or exceeded expectations we'll we'll get into it there's a couple things obviously i didn't like but this show was a great success and it blew away i would say my expectations 
it blew away his expectations. That's awesome. So for me, I was looking, really looking forward to this show. Um, it was a show that, you know, it had that pay-per-view feeling, even in the lead-up. Since they announced it at the last NXT TakeOver a few weeks ago, it had this pay-per-view feeling. And for once, I was not disappointed. WWE actually delivered that big match feel. And I got to say, it honestly, you know, I, I, I would have paid money to watch this show on the WWE Network. <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, with a VPN, because we're Canadian. Yes, with VPN. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. All right. So we're going to kick things off as we start reviewing Halloween Havoc. So this is the way we're going to be reviewing. We're not going to give you a blow-by-blow blow, you know, commentary of exactly what happened. We're going to go through highlights. We're going to talk. We're going to give you our thoughts. And then we're going to give you the match rating. So, Matt, this week, I was thinking about it. This is what we're going to do. Stars overrated. We're going to do Shotzi Howells. How many Shotzi Howells did you like this match? I love it. So, let, let, so it, let's just briefly go with the start of the show. We we see Shotzi just a howling, sparks flying out of an electric chair. And uh, Damien Priest gets a sweet guitar solo, Van Halen inspired, not close to Eddie Van Halen. And uh, he comes down to the ring. Then Johnny Gargano comes down to the ring and quite evilly stabs the inflatable pumpkin to death. Oh, man. Big heel move. Big heel move. Big heel, Johnny. That was like, I just love that. I don't even know why. I just popped for that up my couch. I'm like, yes, I'm Johnny in for Gargano. this. I, I, I wasn't really on board with it at first when he first turned, but having left and come back, Johnny Gargano has grown as a heel. He is a very good heel now, and that's not something I thought I would ever say about young Mr. Gargano. Yeah. So, and that was the thing, the fact that they had that live intro music for Damian Priest, you know, it just, for me already, it just felt like a pay-per-view. Um, one thing that we should have added was that the Halloween Havoc NXT had its own set. You know, when was, it just made me reminisce of the days that every pay-per-view had a cool set. You know, I would tune in to pay-per-views, pay money for pay-per-views just to see what that beautiful set would look like. And honestly, NXT, thank you. Thank you. And it was awesome for actually having a, you know, a unique set on this show. And Absolutely. It was so good. So nice to see. And sorry if it was unclear, but there was a giant inflatable pumpkin at the set that was immediately stabbed immediately by Johnny Gargano. So yeah, into the match. I thought it was really good. I didn't think it was a great match. Um, it was slow at points. There was there was a part in the middle where it really slowed down and they just were slowly walking to the next spot, which is something that's happening more and more. I'm, I'm noticing in WWE matches to kind of flesh out the time they're doing. It's not even, you can't even really call it selling as much as stalling. I think it's a fine line. Perhaps I'm just a crazy nerd. <laughs> um, I did I did really enjoy a lot of the match, though. Uh, the, the finish was pretty clever. Yep. I wonder, I wonder uh, if we're going to see the Scream costume person unmasked or if it was Candice in one costume and Gargano in the other costume. Right. In the, in the next match. Exactly. So here's the thing about this match. It was a very 50-50 match at the start. And I kind of like, you know, I, sure, why not? This match was actually pretty long. It went through two commercial breaks. Um, they had the picture-in-picture picture throughout both commercials. Um, and there was actually quite a bit of action that was happening in the picture-in-picture. Picture. It, was, it was That's one thing that kind of... I, I, I don't know how I feel about that just yet. Um, there was a lot of action going on during the picture-in-picture. Picture. Uh, like I mentioned, they started off 50-50 in the ring. Then they went outside. All hell broke loose. They were using whatever they could. Um, you know, Gargano throughout the match was playing this cocky heel up until the middle and that's when he got a little more serious um they used nightsticks they used everything that they can find they were going back and forth they're going throughout the entire set and then you know as we return from a break and priest was standing over gargano gargano rolls on top of a big crate setup um gargano kicks a priest uh and then ghost face randomly shows up 
And I'm, and and one thing is, I can tell you, I don't think it was Candice because Ghostface was like, you know, five feet Huge. five, a much taller than Johnny Gargano. <laughs> um, you know, so Ghostface shows up, hits Damian Priest. Um, you know, Johnny Gargano takes advantage, takes a tombstone, hits a tombstone over Damian Priest's head. So we did see a tombstone finisher in this match. I will say that. <laughs> Um, you know, one, two, three, new North American champion, Johnny Gargano, and who is Ghostface? One thing about the NXT crowd, and because they are in the Capital Wrestling Center, you know, slash Performance Center, slash COVID Outbreak Center, um, uh, you know, you can hear a lot of the crowd. You can hear individual comments. And my favorite comment was as Ghostface was slowly disappearing off to the distance, off to stage left, all you heard was, oh, reveal yourself, unmask yourself. It was funny. I found that really did, funny. But yeah, so at, I, yeah, I so Gargano gets the yourself. win. New North American champion. Matt, overall, how did you feel about this match? I liked it, thought it was good. Not not like great, very good. I would say three and a half howls, a 75% howl percent on this match. Good, not not an A++, very, very entertaining. I would say my favorite spot in the match, something that I don't think I've ever seen before. It was really, really crazy. Johnny Gargano hits a standing sliced bread on Priest onto the ring steps outside. He just fucking flips his ass over and bam, it was really, really cool. I don't think I've ever seen that move before. Yeah, that that's something that I wasn't gonna, actually going to call out. That was insane. When Priest fell, I'm like, how did he fall? How's his spine? That was crazy. Like, it was just... That was just, I, I really enjoyed that a lot. And then right after that, they did another DDT onto the table where Johnny literally just bounced off a table like a like a oh. female performer, like off the announce table. It just, no give, just poor Johnny. Like they just, ah, that Yeah, that they, did, like they did beat the shit out of each other in this match. And I also thought like uh, uh, the landing that uh, Priest took and the fact that he was just covered in dirt from that tombstone was just, I, 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 it would look pretty rough. And he just had to sit there, you know, selling. It was, uh, there's this, another, uh, we'll, we'll get to it later in the show. But it was the first, op uh, of, uh, man, sorry. The first of two instances where someone was just lying in a pile of smoke or soot. And I was like, oh my God, would you not hate to be this performer right now? Yeah. No, that was, I, Yes, I thought that in the second instance. I'm like, so when they go on commercial, you're just going to like randomly get up and that's that. Like, it was kind of funny. <laughs> but, you know, this show, or sorry, this match, like I mentioned, did span two commercials. It was a little on the long side. We were nearing about 8.30 when this match ended. So I'm, I'm looking at the clock. I'm looking at how many matches we have. I'm like, oh shit, how long is this? You know, <laughs> how long are some of these matches going to be? Um, it all worked out. So it was really cool, and yeah, I, you know, I would I would have to agree with you on the three shotsy howls. Um, yeah, it was good. It wasn't great. Uh, you know, back, Johnny is your two-time North American champion. All right. So then, because the show started right away, we cut to the announce table, and Vic Joseph is dressed like Where's Waldo? He asks Barrett, Why didn't he wear a costume? Barrett responds with one of my favorite moments of the night. He's like, I did dress up as my favorite wrestler. Bad news, Barrett. <laughs> that was great. Always good when you hear the catchphrase. Wade Barrett is surprisingly smooth. I liked Nigel as a as a pure like commentator in terms of his knowledge of wrestling much more. But Wade Barrett is far better suited for the WWE style already, you can tell. Yeah, you know that he's gone through the the WWE school of hard knocks because he it's, he's just so natural at it, right? All right, Absolutely. then we see Pat McAfee in the back, and he's heading down to the ring with his new buddies. Um, and then we jump into commercial. We see an NXT profile on Finn Balor, a.k.a. a bunch of him just posing in celebration, and you see the abs, the Balor abs. All right, then... <laughs> Back to the show, we cut backstage with Cameron Grimes and William Regal. Um, so, quick question. What what do you think of Cameron Grimes? Ah, I I love Cameron Grimes' work in the ring. I loved him as Trevor Lee. Yeah. I hate this character. I don't like it at all. 
I really don't like this white trash Ric Flair thing he's doing. It's just, I, it's just not for me, really. He, I just find he, I, he's, I don't know if he thinks is the right way to put it. He's pushed as though he's hilarious, and I don't find him funny at all. And it's just, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't land with me. Although I was coming into that to this uh, match with that energy, and I was surprised at how much I liked it. So hey, you know, there you go. Right, you liked it. They won. There you go. The how do you feel on... about young Cameron Grimes? And yeah, so I, I, I did enjoy his work in Impact. I saw him live a few times in the Indies, and he was always really cool. But you're right. Now he reminds me of, I, you call him White Trash Ric Flair. I call him White Trash Jay White. <laughs> I see it. I can definitely see it. That's a good call. Exactly. So, all right, Grimes is backstage. He looks all worried and scared. Regal comes up. Um, Regal? <laughs> For some reason, Regal looked like he was going to start laughing throughout this entire promo. Uh, he looks really <laughs> calm, soft voice. Grimes is really trying hard to get out of the match. He doesn't feel safe. And then Regal calmly tells him to come out to the parking lot. Grimes questions if that's the best place. And again, he says he doesn't feel safe. Regal, again, very muted and calm, says, let's go. They walk out to the parking lot. Cut back to the ring. Pat McAfee with Danny Birch and Oni Lorkin. Um, so Pat and his, you know, I'm, you know, and his and his new buds, they're out here. The new NXT tag team champions, Danny Birch and Oni Lorkin. They got on the mic. Um, what did you think of Pat's mic work? I think Pat is an incredible promo already. He's clearly a natural. I didn't love this promo because it went too long. He repeated himself a few times. It didn't need to be as long as it was. He could have like got it done in like probably half the time. But one of the best promos in wrestling already. You can't say he's not. He's top 25 or 50 at least. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Like he plays this cocky heel, holier than thou. I'm above wrestling. He essentially insults the entire internet wrestling community many times. And like you said, he did repeat himself a few repeat himself a few times, but that's all right. He essentially tells a lot of the Thunderdome fans that they're ugly. Um, you know, he runs down Adam Cole for not congratulating him after Takeover 30 and telling Pat he did a good match. Pat continues talking trash about Cole and the entire internet wrestling community. He then tells us that he paid a fat some bitch, Rich Holland, to take out Adam Cole. Um, he paid him with a fancy car. He then complains that Rich Holland broke his leg like an idiot. Continues this heel pro cocky heel promo. And I gotta say, like, he did a great job in this promo, but I do agree. He did repeat himself a few times, did go a little long, you know, and as I'm already worried about timing, I'm like, whoo, how long is this show gonna be? Um, so yada yada yada. I'm going to yada yada to the good stuff. Um, <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly comes out. And as he's in the apron, Pete Dunne makes his triumphant return to NXT. The Bruiserweight is back. Pete comes down with O'Reilly for the first time with since March. With the top knot. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the top knot. Yep. Comes out with two chairs, slowly making his way, jumps on the apron with both chairs. Looks at O'Reilly, hands him one chair. They both walk into the ring. And at this point, I'm like, hey, I actually give a damn about the NXT tag team belts for a while. I got to say, I got worked. I got worked. I didn't see this coming. Kyle O'Reilly gets the chair. He's ready. He's ready for battle. And Pete Dunn hits him in the hits Kyle O'Reilly in the back with a chair and joins and aligns himself with Pete McAfee. Pete McAfee. Uh, I think that was a Freudian slip. I love it though. I think yeah. it's Freudian as well. But yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, this was a this was a really cool little turn. Pete Dunn looked great here, like both physically, like he looked like a badass in a way that he usually to me kind of looks like a little troll man. I haven't really been intimidated by the presence of Pete Dunn ever one time in my life, but he looked like a wrestler here. He looked like a tough heel. And I also liked a little touch where O'Reilly had the chair. And he was calling on everyone. They didn't come. And as soon as O'Reilly dropped the chair, literally the second O'Reilly dropped the chair, Pete Dunne smashed him. I love that because it was such a sneaky, smarmy little shithead heel move. Just wait for him to drop his weapon and then fucking smash him with yours. So I thought this was a great little turn. I'm excited to see the foursome in action. And now we have a clear Survivor Series style match for NXT if they want to do it on Survivor Series weekend. Well, I think we are leading up to War Games. War games, war games, 
out. Yeah, uh, that's what I think this is leading up to. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as we talk about the fact that NXT hasn't been invited to Survivor Series. But I think this is kind of where they're going with it. I think this is going to be the War Games match. Um, I really like the ending of this when um, Pat, I keep calling him Pete just because of Pete Dunne, when Pat uh, just yells out, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, McAfee's great. His instincts are incredible. He's He's got the stuff you can't teach. Like the it factor, as they call it. He's just oozing out of that guy. He's just got it. Exactly. And, you know, kudos to him if he gets, if you know, his match was pretty good. But if he can keep that up, he has the, the promo skills. He has that, like, that it factor. Like, just even seeing him walk out, you're like, fuck, like, F you. Like, <laughs> he's such a good heel. All right, so we cut to the parking lot. Um, a creepy act. Regal and Grimes are in the parking lot. Grimes is still groveling. Like, he's still, like, iffy about things. A van pulls up. And Michael Hayes gets out, dressed up as 80s style with his old theme playing. He talks to Grimes. It was a little hard to hear what Michael Hayes was saying. I don't know if that was just, like, yeah. the feed that I had. But it was a little hard to hear him. The music was really loud. Um, but essentially, short story long, Grimes hops into the party van and off we go into commercial. He said uh, something about said something about like the bad street, of course, being the baddest street, and him living in the baddest house or something. I don't know. I also missed a lot of it too. It was it was hard to hear. All right, so that makes two of us. So you know, hopefully, we didn't miss anything major. But I'm you know we're we're leading up to something. All right, so I'm match number. That we- Sorry, I'm quite certain that we did not miss something major. I just wanted to add that. <laughs> we missed the most important thing in NXT history. Thank you, Michael <laughs> Hayes. <laughs> All right, match two of the night, Jake Atlas versus Santos Escobar. Um, Santos Escobar makes his way to the ring uh, with Legado del Fantasma. All three men are wearing their makeup or attire influenced by Day of the Dead. More so, Santos Escobar is wearing the bottoms of the Phantasm, purple with question marks, which is a throwback call-out to Rey Mysterio's Halloween Havoc um, outfit when he fought Eddie Guerrero in arguably one of the best matches ever. All right, so Jake Atlas, Santos Escobar, non-title. The fact that they made this a non-title match, I thought Jake Atlas was going to win. He did not. Um, You know, it was a basic. It was a basic match. It wasn't too long. Uh... You know, Jake Atlas kind of did his thing. Santos Escobar did his thing. Um, Heels won doing heel stuff. So, you know, one of the members of Legado del Fantasma put on the mask, did the headbutt, threw Jake Atlas into the ring. One, two, three. Santos Escobar wins. What you think of this match? Yeah, it felt like they were uh, short on time here because the uh, previous two segments went kind of long. So I, it feels like they just they didn't get much of a match here at all. I thought this was slightly below average. It, it wasn't bad, like terrible. These guys aren't going to have a bad match, but they, there wasn't anything to it. I'm going two howls out of five, a 40% howl percentage on this one. <laughs> I, I, I did I did think the absolute highlight of the match was the... Uh, was the the shorts what sorry the fa- phantasm was was phantom? phantasm uh, yeah i uh not familiar with the old comic books but yes that the love the shout out to halloween havoc 97 in itself a five star or five howl match i think the 97 one not this one yep i agree again with the number of shotsy howls given to this match yeah pretty basic i think we're going nothing else to say right no i think that covers it on that one all right, then we see a video package for Ember Moon versus the, and Dakota Kai. Um, Ember Moon is back in NXT. This video package highlights the conflict between Kai and Moon. Moon says that when Kai left, she was a scared little girl. Um, and we see clips from when Kai was a scared uh, by Basler. Um, Moon says that she respects Kai's attack on her last week as she'd do the same thing. Um... We then see Shotzi Blackheart in an incredibly respectful outfit. Um, and yeah, so back to the Kai and Ember Moon thing. Um, is Ember Moon a heel? Is she a face? What's Ember Moon? I think Ember Moon's a baby face just because I'm, I'm pretty sure that Dakota Kai is a heel. But 
I don't know. She kind of feels like she's like ready to go heal herself. It's maybe they're going to like align after this, but no, I, I'm quite certain Ember Moon's a baby face. She's just kind of like a hardcore and cute fighting baby face, you know? Yeah. I'll take it. Sure. All right. Cut to commercial. <laughs> when we come back, Haunted House of Terror match, Dexter Loomis, Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. Um, so here we go with our cinematic match. Marilyn Manson's Don't Chase the Dead plays as we start our cinematic match. Um, Van pulls up the party man from earlier. Grimes gets out, walks into a dark area. Um, we see a chain link fence. We see... Um, stuff grimes is yelling he's scared walking through woods calls he's keeps call he keeps calling out loomis um sees a house in the distance walks in um and then you know it's your haunted house of terror match like uh i don't know you can go into the details if you want for this bad boy uh, well, we could just talk about a couple highlights. Like, it was just spooky, spooky non-sequiturs, basically. But, uh, I don't know, one, one thing that I did really laugh at was Cameron Grimes is just getting scared up and down the halls, and he stumbles into a bathroom where <laughs> yes. there's there is a uh, the silhouette of a woman taking a shower, and he, he comes out with a line, I, I didn't know Dexter Loomis had a sister, which was the moment that I was like, you know what, this Cameron Grimes might be growing on me. Yeah. <laughs> right, <Cameron>. <laughs> All right, you got me. That was right. awesome. It's just, just the way that he said it, like the, the I gotta give Cameron Grimes like his voice is one thing, but his facial reactions is what always gets to me. Um, you know the way that he even just moves his body throughout this uh, throughout this quote unquote match. Um, I really enjoyed this cinem like this overall cinematic thing, and I was like, I was you know what. I'm going to I'm going to take a step back. I did not really enjoy this too much. Um but the overall I did. Uh so this part was like it is what it was. It kind of it wasn't as bad as the Bray Wyatt Randy Orton stuff from God knows when. Um but I don't know, it just like it just felt so topical. Oh, here's some scary shit happening. Here's whatever. Um and then you know the this creepy masked man shows up with others. Grimes runs away to the nearby van. He hops in and says, let's go. Before realizing the driver is Dexter Loomis, Grimes climbs out. Marilyn Manson's music plays again. <laughs> Grimes runs off into the darkness. And then we're told to be continued. Question mark. At this point, I'm like, here we go. You know? Um, yeah, this part, like I said, overall, I liked it now. But as I was watching this live, I was I was indifferent to it. I think that's the best way to say. It. So we're gonna save our Shotzi howls for later on in the show. All right. So then we see the match build up for Gonzalez versus Ripley. Beth Phoenix and Vic Joseph are talking about the rivalry between the two women. Um, both women are complimented as being the the two of the best in NXT. Um, Rhea Ripley comes out to the ring, and we go to commercial break. All right, match. Numero tres, Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez. All right, um, Matt, you can take this one also. Right on. So I I enjoyed this match too. This was uh the rare, uh like big like the mean girl match. Yes. The power versus power in the women's division. You never see this match like type ever. So it was really unique just in in its layout. I, I, I can't think of two or three other matches that I've seen that were exactly like this one. It wasn't the tightest technical match. There were some awesome spots. Uh, particularly, there was a, there was a moment where uh, Raquel Gonzalez power bombs Ripley into the fence, into like the barricade, yes. and then throws her down on the ground. And the, the landing on the ground looked far worse than the one on the fence. That was a gross spot. And the, the, these girls beat the crap out of each other. It was a really good little match. I would, I would actually... I was just, maybe it was because of my low expectations, but I actually enjoyed this as much as the opener, personally. I did too. I have, in my notes, I have a little star, which means I liked it. It means I should really talk, you know, hype this up. The commentators were actually really good. You know, they were building them up, um, you know, putting over Beth Phoenix as well, saying, you know, how, how, how muscular, how strong, how, you know, just athletic these two women are and boy oh boy it was a great 50 50 match um in the beginning um you know raquel gonzalez really did impress me this is by far her best nxt match that i've seen um rhea ripley continues to impress me um and rhea ripley took an ass kicking throughout this match like it was like she took some nasty bumps they were like just 
hard knocking each other. It was really cool to see because like you mentioned, it's very rare that we see a match like this. Um, so essentially at the end, um, Raquel tries to suplex Ripley. Ripley counters by lifting Gonzalez up and hitting uh, the Riptide. Ripley covers for the win. I really, really enjoyed this match a lot. Um, like, I, like, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but it's very rare that we get to see a match like this. It was entertaining. It was two big women. Commentators were on point. Everything about this match put both competitors over. And even with a loss, Raquel Gonzalez right now is in a great position, and I can't wait to see what comes next. Matt, how many Shotzi Owls for this match? hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, this is this. That's what you want out of every wrestling match, ideally, but it, it doesn't always happen. But both performers came out of it better than they went in. So you can't really complain. Perhaps it was lower, low expectations, but I enjoyed it. Like I said, just as much as the opener, I'm going three and a half howls, a 75% howlage percentage. Wait, is that 70? <laughs> <laughs> Math was off. 70% howlage percentage. I agree. I agree. It was great. I really enjoyed this. And like I said, I'm actually super excited. Ripley gets the win. Ripley goes over. But Gonzalez looks just as strong with the loss. All right. After the match, all three of the commentators are praising Ray Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez. So, you know, even after the match... They're still putting them over. It was very good. It was very great. Um, yeah. If you did not watch this match, if you haven't seen this show, number one, why are you listening? Number two, do yourself a favor. Go and watch this match. All right. We see Cameron Grimes running outside in Florida, trying to run back to the Capitol Wrestling Center as we go into commercial. Um, we get a fast, as we come back, we get a fast promo for NXT UK, which will have Walter defend the NXT UK title against the only person to pin him this year. And I'm, so I, I'm not a huge WWE, uh, UK guy or NXT UK guy. I had no idea what was going on in that brand at all. I'm going to watch that match. Yeah. That little promo hooked me. I love Walter's work and this Dragunov, every, I haven't seen much from him, but I'm a big fan. I'll definitely, uh, definitely check that match out. As soon as I can. Yeah, man. All right. So we then have one of the funniest promos I've seen in a long time. One of the funniest backstage skits, whatever you want to call it. Drake Maverick is dressed up like Hollywood Hogan. He calls the interviewer Mean Gene. He tries to cut a Hogan-esque promo before being startled by Killian Dane wearing the famous Stormtroop glitter, Stormtrooper mask. Dude, I was howling when we saw this. Just, the Shockmaster yep, tease. Yep. There was there was also the shout out to the to the to the giant, aka the Big Show, and the Yeti. Yes. As they uh, humped Drake Maverick, reminiscent of Halloween Havoc, I believe, nineteen ninety five. Um, yeah, this was a really funny, good promo. Drake Maverick is a great promo. He's a hilarious uh, little WWE personality. He's exactly perfectly slotted where he should be in these. Uh, gimmicks, I think, and I really like this uh, team he's got with K uh, Killian Dane because it's pulling some personality out of Killian Dane, and he's doing. He's. I always thought he was a really good wrestler, very underrated, but just couldn't quite find his his niche, Dane. So this is a really good pairing. I love this idea. Love this team. Five star promo. Well, not five star, but yeah. four and a half howl promo. <laughs> yeah. No, my favorite thing here was the fact that when Drake Maverick put on the Shockmaster helmet, the Stormtrooper helmet, um, he does the fall, and then Killian Dane just looks at him, and he's like, he fell on his arse, which is exactly what Davy Boy said when that actually happened. I just had a great laugh here. It's so good. It's just like, you know what? Any, I just love these throwbacks to history. It's like kind of like, you know, both you and I have been watching wrestling a really long time, and any time that they do something like this, I'm like, you know, thank you for acknowledging us folks who have stood by you and your crap for 30 years and giving us this. Like, it's a thank you. It was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. When they do when they do it correctly, sometimes they can over-rely on nostalgia, but when they do it correctly, you know, it's small little dose like that. It's, it's a lot of fun. How could it not be? All right. Haunted House of Terror match. Dexter Loomis. Cameron Grimes. 
part two. So Cameron Grimes is running around backstage. He lays down to catch his breath. Grimes realizes that he's now in the graveyard set, and he begins to freak out. Zombies are climbing from the graves. Um, one does the Sister Abigail-style backwards pose. Um, Grimes freaks out. More zombies comes out. Um, he's being forced into the ring as he's backing up into the ring Loomis appears behind him uh then all of a sudden we see a shit ton of smoke slash fog um <laughs> just going everywhere in the ring and I gotta say the visuals of this were really cool they put down the lights it, they got some green and purple colors into the ring it looked really really cool a hundred percent. You mentioned the smoke. This is the second instance where I was just like, oh, I would hate to be this performer. Cut to the finish. Obviously, Cameron Grimes does not win the match that he was running scared for his <laughs> life the entire time. So Dexter Loomis chokes him out with the head and arm choke, whatever he calls it. And and poor Trevor Lee, poor Cameron Grimes just has to sit there in this crazy smoke, just breathing it in. It's just like, I I don't know how long he had to sell there, but it was just like, so, roll out of the ring. Someone get this man on the floor. It was crazy. I felt very bad for him. Yeah. There wasn't much to this. I think the big high spot there was when one of the zombie performers was climbing on Loomis. Loomis kind of picks her up over his head, throws her to, or it, the zombie, onto Grimes. There, was, there wasn't much of a match. It was more of like, whatever, let's just put Dexter Loomis over. Um, you know, I guess Loomis isn't scared of zombies. You know, much of the confusion of everybody. <laughs> he then slowly exits the ring, walks up the ramp. He gives the camera this look, and I just love this visual of, you know, you see um, Dexter Loomis on the right side of your screen, you see the ring in the center, you see the awesome set and the lights on the left, and then everything but Loomis kind of, you know, goes dark, and then it says, the end. Yeah, that was great. Classic horror movie presentation, and yeah, there wasn't a lot to the match, obviously. It wasn't a great wrestling match, but it, it was very... It was satisfying as as a as a full presentation. I was fixing to hate it. I think there are some clear inconsistencies with Dexter Loomis's character. Why can he summon zombies, for example? But that's neither here nor there. I think, uh, yeah, I'm fixing to hate it. Actually liked it. I would go probably three howls out of five. Three shotsy howls. All right, I'll I'll accept it. I'll accept 60% it. Sixty percent howl percentage. I'll accept it. Like I said, I was not a huge fan of the first half. The second half, I liked a lot more, um, which overall, upon reflection, you know, I did like this overall. I'm over the cinematic matches. That's that's really what it comes down to for me. Cinematic matches should be something special. I understand that, you know, in the time of COVID, things have to change. You have to be creative. But I think they, you know, both companies have been reaching to... All three companies, if you include Impact, um, have been reaching to the cinematic matches more and more. And it's just, it's not as special as it used to be. Uh, 100% agree. Although, to their credit, they did do something different with this. We have seen spooky style matches before, but this felt unique and different. And Cameron Grimes himself did a really good job. Dexter Loomis doesn't really have to do much. He just has to use his slightly Stone Cold Steve Austin-ish eyes to stare with. And that's pretty much it. But yeah, Cameron Grimes did a good job. I think he held this together, and it was it was it was good. It was unique. All right, we get a video package: Candice LeRae, Io Shirai. Um, we get a Tommaso Ciampa promo, uh, where basically he says that NXT has changed. People, you know, line up. They want to be next, but they don't earn their spot. I kind of love the fact that Ciampa touched on the whole glass ceiling brass ring he's like f that you have to earn your spot you know I, I really enjoyed that because how many times have we heard you know we haven't been given the opportunity promos um and then here's chompa yeah. saying earn it you know especially now that's become a little overdone uh we don't have to have the Velveteen Dream conversation on this uh, edition because, yeah, it's it just time-wise. But I just wish this cop promo was being cut on literally anybody else on the roster because I don't have I I have zero percent desire to see Chiampa versus Dream. We've already seen it. I don't want to see it again. I don't need to see it again. Good promo, but because I have zero desire to see what's next, kind of hated it. <laughs> you yep. know. 
Exactly. All right. And then a promo cuts. Next week on NXT, Dakota Kai will take on Ember Moon, and Tommaso Ciampa will fight the Velveteen Dream. All right. Main event time. NXT Women's Championship. Spin the wheel. Make the deal match. Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae makes her way down to the ring first. Announcers are hyping her up. And then... New music airs for Io Shirai, or at least temporary live music, because Poppy does a live, I guess, show-ish thing. Um, sure, as Io Shirai comes out. Um, before before you go any further, I really hope this is temporary, because Io Shirai's theme is one of the best going. The crazy dubstep Kanye West 808's madness that is her theme is one of my favorites and I hope they or haven't or don't change well, it here's the thing Io Shirai's theme is not a CFO theme it's by whomever the new composer is so hopefully they don't have to change it all right so we cut to Shotzi once again spin the wheel make the deal tables ladders and scares match so it's essentially a tlc match um they start fighting right away referee kind of struggles to put the belt onto the hook to raise it above the ring so they're cutting they're outside kind of fighting back and forth this match was awesome like i don't i cannot praise this match enough both women worked their asses off both women took a beating and here's the thing for those of you who don't know Candice LeRae you know used to specialize in hardcore matches um you know there's that infamous picture of her just like drenched in blood she knows hardcore and we got to see that side of Candice LeRae and I'm so happy that we continue to get to see that side of Candice LeRae this match was like just brutal it was probably one of the better TLC matches I've seen in a very long time Matt absolutely what were your thoughts as you're watching this? Well, you definitely, like you mentioned, like Candice LeRae has a history of, of having these crazy matches in the indies. So I definitely thought like, oh man, she might take some crazy bumps here and she did not disappoint. One thing that she's done in her past and she did again here is take a suplex on an open chair and it is always grotesque. It's such a bad landing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that that was one that was one that stuck out to me. It just we we there's no point in really going down each and every spot because like they they were all crazy. There's a lot. They, there's a lot of spots, and I, you know it's funny because I did note down that um, when she landed on the ch- when um, Candice landed on the chair, it just looked nasty. Like it, I I cringed. I cringed a lot in this match actually. All right, so. Um, uh, Io moves back, runs forward, attempting a 619. Candace blocks it. Lorey grabs Shirai, uh, runs on the apron, grabs Shirai, hits a spinning neckbreaker to the outside through two tables. Um, that was uh, pretty nasty. Awesome spot, awesome spot. So then Scream costume comes back to ringside. Perhaps a different, perhaps a new Scream costume. They uh, Scream costume person drags uh, young Candace up the ladder to retrieve the title belt, but who should come to save the sanctity of the show but the host herself, Shotzi Blackheart. Yep. She who, hits uh, the ring, takes out Ghostface. Candace slowly gets to the top, but takes way too much time. Um, Larry finally begins to reach for the goal. Shirai rushes up another ladder. She's set up. Both women struggle. Larry um, sh- sh- shoves off Eo. Uh, Candace gets her fingers on the gold, but Shirai comes back up again. She gets back up again. Shirai shoves the ladder that Candace is on and sends Larray flying out the ring through the announcer table. Um, and Shirai looks shocked. She stares down at her former friend, climbs up the ladder, grabs the belt. Shirai poses on top. Io Shirai maintains the NXT Women's Championship as our program comes to a close. So, uh, yeah, just quick, quick, uh, addition. It was through, uh, through a, the classic wooden ladder set up next to the yeah. announce table on the apron, the, the ladder bridge. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I love this match. I think you could argue, I don't sure which one you would say off the top of your head. Is it better? This might be the best women's ladder match I've ever seen. I can't think of a better one. I concur. I, there, there, there have been, 
there's been some good money in the banks. I, I, I'm sure, like, I think uh, Charlotte and Sasha had a really good TLC. But I think this is the best women's ladder match that I have ever seen in my life. I thought this was really great. I would go four and a quarter howls. At least you can talk me into four and a half howls. I'm going to settle on four and a quarter howls for, you know, a really satisfying, worthy main event to a PPV style show. I agree. Good, sir. I agree. I agree. If this match was awesome. This match was brutal. This match had it all. Uh, you know, this probably was the one of the better TLC matches that we've seen in general. Male, female, just superstar. This is one of the better TLC matches. Io Shirai just continues to impress me. Candice LeRae, you know, it took a while for her to get her, her footing in NXT, but, you know, she's just killing it right now. Um, but that bump at the end, and you're, you're right, I did misspeak. She fell through the ladder, and that was bridged between the announce table and the ring, and that just looks so nasty. I, I, I Yeah, I was just like, wow. Kudos to both Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. That was an awesome, awesome match. And that concludes WWE NXT Halloween Havoc the 13th edition of Halloween Havoc. Um, I really thoroughly enjoyed this show. Um, what was your match of the night? I was a big fan of the show. Definitely thought match of the night was the main event, the ladder match. Uh, even going back to AEW, which we did catch, I would say this was the best match on either show was the, was the ladder match. Although uh, Kenny versus Pentagon was really, really good as well. I preferred the ladder match. I thought it was, the, I'd probably give both four and a half howl or four and a quarter howls. But if I had to pick one, this was better, if yeah. that makes sense. As we lead into Survivor Series, you know, we're starting to, the only match that we, you know, we can kind of extrapolate is the War Games match and everything else is up for grabs. One thing that I did mention off the top of the show is that we were going to talk about the exclusion of NXT into Survivor Series. Now, I'm a fan of this. Um, you don't have your heavyweight, you don't have your NXT champion. Finn Balor's out of commission. Um, and, you know, last year, I kind of feel like because of the whole... Saudi Arabia plane incident and they you know shoehorn NXT into Smackdown that was kind of like the the natural setup for Survivor Series because Finn Balor is not available because last year was quote-unquote special because the night before we're gonna probably the night before Survivor Series we're gonna probably have takeover it just makes more sense to keep them separate this year. Um, you know, one of the complaints that everyone had, including Jason and Dan on the show, on the main show, was that, you know, you have these this brutal war games match, and then the next night, they're just, you know, casually having these Survivor Series matches. That's a really so great point. Yeah, so, you know, for me, the fact that they're separating them, you can just have a brutal match, you know, spotlight NXT as much as you want, and I also think there's obviously some politics at play as well. Um, you know, last, I think, the f not that there's going to be any fans in attendance, but I think the fan reaction towards NXT is so much more positive than the main roster, you know, including the, when you include the internet wrestling community, you just kind of want to separate them. You don't want NXT to overshadow the main roster. No, absolutely. So to me, and perhaps I'm wrong on this, but I feel like this is kind of a subtle hint that NXT is less the third brand now and more a little bit developmental again. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're not. And that's awesome. That is welcome. And uh, I, I think they need to transition back into like what got them popular, which is giving the young wrestlers that they have on their roster a chance to shine and grow. And then once Vince McMahon sees something in them, call them up and push them for a week and a half. Yeah, we're not even going to talk about that this week. That's something that we're going to be talking about as this show progresses. We're going to try to keep things positive for once here on NXT Talk. Um, you know, and yeah, so I, yeah, so no NXT in Survivor Series. It is what it is. Um, as the next takeover kind of builds up, we'll kind of see what happens. Um, and I'm making a very bold assumption that there is going to be a takeover before Survivor Series. They're kind of on their own schedule at times now, so it is what it is. We'll see what happens. We'll see the programs. Um, and I'm really looking forward to next week's show. Like, this felt that this felt like a bigger show than NXT 31. I 100% agree, and I think it was a better show, too. And 
I think this is like a proper jumping on point for NXT. Like if you haven't been watching in a while, this feels like a good like a good reset almost. It feels like there's some new stories coming. There's some there's some things we have established here that I like. There's some intrigue with a with a whole bunch of new characters and I I'm excited to see what's coming next. I I am actually pumped up for NXT and I haven't been for a very long time. So that's exciting. Oh wow, um, that wow. Look at that. WWE produces a show that gets Matt back on board. Fired up brother <laughs> i love it all right the other thing that i wanted to talk about before we go is kind of the ratings you know as we continue this show whether it be on the sunday night's main event channel or my own channel um you know we're going to be talking about ratings because everyone loves talking about ratings but here's my take on ratings right now people need again to be a little chill they need to be understanding the world is not what it used to be the world changed suddenly seven months ago in march Shit's going on. There's the American election. Sports was back in the fall. Um, and they were in playoff mode, which typically we see that in June, but that wasn't the case. So NBA, MLB, NHL, they all went later because of their restart. So people tend to freak out about the ratings. You know, NXT hovers around the 650K mark. That's not bad, all things considered. And there's a little something-something happening south of the border in the U.S. of A next hmm. week. Um, in Yeah, the ratings are going to be terrible next week for both shows. I, I No matter what happens in the election, there's going to be a ton of fallout, uh, obviously. Exactly. So, you know, let's not hype the ratings too much right now. Let's let things happen. Let's see the fallout of the American election um, as we see the fallout of NXT Halloween Havoc. Uh, but, you know, let's not dwell on the ratings too much. Let's be happy that we have amazing wrestling on Wednesday nights. And one of those amazing wrestling shows is from WWE. Crazy. What, what a time to be alive. What, what a, life is good, you know? Life is good right now. <laughs> life is good I right now. Before we begin, yeah, before we, sorry, uh, not begin, uh, quite the opposite. And before we end, I did want to say, like, I want to kind of go, like, match of the night and promo of the night uh, through the Wednesday Night Wars kind of thing. So I think the best match that you're going to see on either show tonight was the main event of NXT, the ladder match, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. I think the best promo of the night that you're going to see was on AEW's John Moxley's pre-taped uh, interview on uh, Eddie Kingston. I thought that was fabulous. I cannot wait for that match that is the single match that i'm most excited for in wrestling right now uh wild dogs couldn't keep me from that one. Oh yeah and, uh, i i'm i'm gonna be tuning in to the old fucks hearing what they have to say about the a dynamite last night it's gonna be really cool it's going to be awesome to hear kind of their thoughts and i too am looking forward to moxley kingston um but because we're talking about all things nxt um my promo of the night will go to my homeboy pat mcafee Fair. That's definitely definitely a worthy contender. Pat McAfee brought the thunder as he usually does. Can't argue that, my friend. All right, Matt. We are. It's just about that time. It's just about that time. So before we go, I do want to thank everybody for listening. Jason, thanks for giving us this chance. Hopefully, we can continue this show. And like I mentioned, whether it be on the Sunday Night's Main Event channel or my own channel. Stay tuned. Everyone, thank you so much. Um, you know, and, and the last thing I want to do before we go, and that is because I did ask for it, and that's a little bit of feedback to the show. So, all right. So, Sean Burkett says, it was a solid card. The two women's matches were matches of the night. Uh, McAfee's crews look awesome, and I'm guessing we are heading to War Games. All right, Randy uh, uh, Carpentier said, enjoy the, the later half of the Gargano Priest match just before the commercial break uh, where the ref goes to Gargano. Ten minutes left. Loomis and Grimes was way better than I expected. Funny skits and comments in that match. Ending looked great too. Gonzalez Rea, great big lady match. Gonzalez best match in NXT for sure so far. Now to Candice and Io. Uh, these ladies um, are bump pros candace always even since the indies makes her bum so real and so hard and sells great great matches all uh bob kapoor uh Rian gonzalez had a fantastic match 
Both the title matches were fun brawls, and kudos in particular for LeRae taking that ladder bump. McAfee may be the best obnoxious heel promo in the business. There's absolutely no likability to him whatsoever, and that's a good thing. Haunted House stuff wasn't really my cup of tea. There we go. So again, thank you to everyone. I know that this was a pay-per-view-like show, so not every week is going to be like this, but I'm so glad that we were able to chat about this particular show. So again, thank you, Jason. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope to be back. He's Matt. I'm Boris. And this is NXT Talk. <laughs>